0: Sorry everybody that we were dealing with technical issues. So we're on the Steelers and Ravens game. So with that being said, uh, I think the I think Robert Griffin the third will have a great will have a decent game. But resting Lamar Jackson for load management purposes had to happen.
1: It had to happen. That's the smart move. Uh, you don't want to risk having your franchise quarterback hurt for. Uh, a playoff run where you are basically the favorites to get out of the AFC. I think they will get out of the AFC and they're certainly not going to be able to do that without Lamar Jackson.
0: Absolutely. I think the Ravens are a better offensive team now with, with with Lamar Jackson than they were with uh, Joe Flacco.
1: Oh, definitely. Because the past,
0: if you look at it, when Joe Flacco was their starting quarterback, the Ravens were known for their defense.
1: Yeah, and you know now you have this smash mouth offense that can run the football with you know both Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson, but Lamar has also improved so dramatically as a passer that you know he can beat you with touch through the air. He can throw the ball in tight windows, and now you have to account for so many dimensions of this offense that they're so dangerous.
0: This offense is very dangerous, but I just don't want to see Lamar Jackson running all over the place and getting a uh, torn ACL. I don't want to see that. But I do feel like that his, from what you said, his passing accuracy has gotten better and better.
1: Yeah, it has. And I think it's going to make him, I think it's going to force him to not have to constantly go to the run, especially, you know, having to get out of the pocket to be able to extend plays. Obviously, you know, designed runs are one thing, but, you know, for him to have to constantly have to get out of the pocket into the open field and expose himself, he's going to be having to do that much less as he continues to progress as a passer
0: and for the Steelers my question for you is do you think the Steelers are going to give one more do you think the Steelers have one more year under big men or or you think his career is done
1: no I don't I don't think he's done I think he rehabs his elbow and they think he comes back for one more year and I think they draft the quarterback as well
0: to kind of but you don't think they'll stick they'll go with Mason Rudolph
1: no Mason Rudolph is garbage
0: yeah, he was, I agree. He and Duck Hodges, they're terrible.
1: I think I think Duck Hodges is, could be a nice backup. I, I don't think Mason Rudolph is a good quarterback at all.
0: No, he's not. Mason Rudolph was part of this altercation thing earlier in the year when we talked about this last week. I was like, that is one of the most dirtiest plays I've seen in this decade. It
1: was shocking. It, it was brutal and it was shocking.
0: That's why I think that's kind of what defined the the Steelers season because of that. But I felt like that the Nadamak and Sue stomp was probably the worst.
1: No, I mean I'm still gonna have to go with that incident from Pittsburgh and Cleveland. I mean, if you really think about it, Miles Garrett swinging his helmet at Mason Rudolph you hit you hit Mason Rudolph in just the right spot. You could knock him out. You could give him braid damage. You could kill him. I mean, there's a number. He could have died. He could have died. Yeah. I mean, it's brutal.
0: Yeah, that was so brutal. I told you what I was doing that day. I was like, I was coming out of the movie theater that day, and then someone texted me about this play. And when I saw it, I was like, dude, that is serious.
1: Yeah, it's it's embarrassing. And it's shocking. And I, I just can't believe that somebody would do that. That's a bad
0: way to end the game.
1: Terrible. Terrible.
0: That could he could have died, he couldn't get keep couldn't gotten killed, miles Garrett could have been in jail
1: uh, yeah no seriously there there was serious consideration about pressing charges,
0: yeah, they were, but the charges were dropped, which I didn't like,
1: oh well I mean you know it, it is what it is I, I think as well you know he's suspended from the NFL indefinitely I think that's a, a that fair was brutal.
0: that was brutal, and I felt like that that's one of the that's 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 what you call the the incident of the year in the NFL.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I watch. I keep watching that tape of it, and I'm like, that that is just not how you play football. No,
1: it's it's not.
0: You could take someone's helmet off when you make a tackle. That's okay, but you just don't swing your helmet and hit someone's hit hit someone in the head by that. No,
1: you don't. It's it's atrocious.
0: But you could take a helmet off sometimes on accident.
1: Yeah, some, that that's just gonna happen sometimes, but you know, to use it as basically a weapon that's
0: terrible. Not proper. Terrible. So I think I think the Ravens win this game, and I think the Steelers are gonna miss the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: And now let's talk about a lot of talk about in this next game pick I have here. The Seattle Seahawks are taking on the San Francisco 49ers. This to win the NFC. The NFC West. So you said you and I picked the Eagles to win the NFC East. That's my pick all along, and I'm sticking with that pick as well as you. So who do you think comes away with this with the victory here to win the NFC West? I'm going to say San Francisco, out on a limb here.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm picking San Francisco, and honestly I really don't feel like I'm going out on a limb at all. I think that San Francisco is the much better football team, better defensively. Um, and, and, you know, the, the worst part, like I met, you know, like we kind of talked about alluded to earlier, you know, Seattle now with three major injuries to their running backs, they're going to have to kind of revamp their running game again at this point in the season. I think that's really going to hurt them.
0: I feel like that the Seahawks could be favorites to win the NFC West next season.
1: Potentially, but I, I still think that San Francisco is the better football team.
0: I agree with that too, but I'm not underestimating Seattle.
1: I can't ever count out Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, but I mean I
0: But San Francisco's the better football better overall football team. Better
1: around better all around and there's just going to be, you know, such a huge dependence on Russell Wilson to have to do everything that, you know, even the slightest failure by him could result in a in a big loss.
0: I think the Niners win. I'm going to say I'm going to say uh 30 to 27. I think it's going to be another Robbie gold field goal. I think think the the 12s are going to be stunned. I think it's
1: going to be a decent, I think it's going to be a very hard fought game, but I think in the second half, Russell Wilson is going to end up just kind of being uh, kind of struggling a little bit. You know, you're going to have kind of, you're going to have everything locked down on the outside. They're going to have to try to run the football a little bit more and, um, I, I, I think that it's going to be really, really tough toward the end of the game for Russell Wilson to be able to move the ball consistently.
0: I think Jimmy Garoppolo, this is the first time that he is going to be dealing with this 12th man crowd noise. This crowd's going to be very loud, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo can find a way to silence the 12th man.
1: I think Jimmy Garoppolo can handle it. I think he's excellent under pressure. I think he's going to handle it just fine.
0: Even though that crowd noise can get really intense, which I think it will be.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be loud.
0: It's going to be loud for sure. I think it's I think what by the time if Garoppolo throws the ball to George Kittle for the first touchdown of the game, I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to throw the touchdown to George Kittle for the first touchdown of the game.
1: Yeah, I, I can't wait to watch. It's going to be a great game.
0: It's going to be a fantastic football game, and I I'm going for San Fran because I think they're a better overall roster and. From a Patriots fan myself, I'm also cheering on Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that the better football team wins here, and the better football team is quite clearly San Francisco.
0: And we talked about who would be defensive rookie of the year, and that's an easy choice. And talk about what a great year Nick Bosa's had.
1: Nick Bosa has been amazing. He's been an energizer, unbelievable, and you know, in pass rush situations, so quick, so explosive, uh, just. Also such great moves. That's really what stands out to me, the fact that he's not just a straight bull rusher. He has the ability to outwork offensive linemen, good swing move, uh, very aggressive on the edge, and just brings an energy to this team, this defensive line, that you see guys like DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead you know, feeding off of constantly as they get after the quarterback.
0: He was my pick to win defensive rookie of the year this year without a doubt. Nick Bosa.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's a surefire. And play. I, think,
0: I think this Sunday, he is going to have a huge game. He's going to at least get a hat trick sack. Yeah,
1: I think it's going to be a big day.
0: He's going to have a big day. I think DeForest Buckner's a great compliment to him. Solomon Thomas has had a much improved season. I think getting back uh, Quan Alexander really helps.
1: Yeah, that's going to definitely help for them a lot.
0: And their secondary is not bad at all no, for the Niners. Yeah,
1: Richard Sherman's been playing very well this year.
0: I think in his return to Seattle, I think he's definitely going to come in with motivation.
1: Oh, he's yeah, he's, he's going to bring that intensity, and I think he's going to have a really good game.
0: I think my 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 my, decade, my game of the decade during Richard Sherman's rise of Legion of Boomers. Remember when he taunted Michael Crabtree in Seattle when he was a Seahawk? Yes, I do. And he was talking to he was yelling at that reporter. I felt like that he was a little bit too excited there.
1: Yeah, but you know, you get caught up in the moment emotionally. I can understand it.
0: He was so he was emotionally hyped up, but sometimes Richard Sherman can be a head case.
1: Yeah, he can, but I mean the guy does his job really, really well, so I can deal with it.
0: Richard Sherman is I think he's glad to be a 49er. Because he's I think he's from the Bay Area. I think he played at Stanford, <laughs> and I think I think he's really made a difference with this 49ers squad.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree.
0: So let's talk about coaches that are likely fired after week 17. I think for sure, Pat Shermer and Freddie Kitchens.
1: Yeah, those are my definites. Um, I'm also going to add Doug Marone onto that list. Um, Me too. And I definitely think that – I think that there are rumblings – that could happen about Matt Patricia getting fired. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think there are going to be rubblings. And I also think that Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons could be potentially fired.
0: He's definitely going to get fired. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out a shocker for you. And the Jets, their team, that conf- their organization confuses me. Christopher Johnson said that he's not planning on making head coaching changes right now, especially Adam Gates. But could he shock you and be like, oh, I changed my mind. We're going to fire Adam Giggs. Well, but realistically, it's going to happen.
1: Well, I'm, Well, honestly, no. That really wouldn't shock me. And it's because of how dysfunctional the New York Jets are. If they came out and changed their mind, I, I would just think that that's a typical New York Jets move. to just be confused about everything in their direction going forward.
0: They're very confusing, but do you think for real Adam Gase gets fired? No, I don't think he does. I would, there was just rumblings about him being fired after being one and done with the Jets, but having Joe Douglas there as the GM who knows Adam Gase pretty well basically helps. Yeah, I think
1: that helps his case. I don't think he's going to be fired, though. I think that they've had a lot of injury problems this year that I, I think that they just need to work out um, you know, and, and you know get those guys back healthy and obviously build that offensive line through the draft and free agency.
0: I think what, ha- what what derailed this Jets season was Sam Donald dealing with Mono. And I felt like that if the Jets deal with that and Sam Donald being out that long, that does not put the blame on the head coach.
1: No, definitely not. I think that that, is, that was such a huge problem for them having – Below, about as anemic quarterback play As it gets with Luke Falk For however many games That they had him with It was just bad to, It was horrible to watch
0: Yeah it was But it's Sam Darnold or bust for the Jets
1: Sam Darnold I, I think has a very bright future For the Jets If they can continue to build around them
0: He does I think he's a really good quarterback But I just feel like that They just got to build the team better around them.
1: Yeah, they need to fix that offensive line. That's arguably the worst offensive line in football.
0: I think, without a doubt, I could see the Jets giving Jamal Adams a huge payday when his contract's up. Yeah,
1: I agree with that.
0: I, I think he's going to have a huge payday. I don't think the Jets are going to part ways with Jamal Adams. They would be foolish if they did, no, that's, but I don't see him going
1: anywhere. No, I don't see him either. I think that's arguably the best safety in football. I think they'd be foolish not to lock him up.
0: He, he's definitely going to stay there, and I think uh, I think the Jets would like to get rid of Le'Veon Bell as well. I, Maybe.
1: I don't think they should do that. I don't think that this season for him has but been the, his fault.
0: What do you think? I
1: don't think that they should get rid of him. I don't think this season, the way that he's been performing has been his fault. Like, like I've mentioned worst offensive line in the league. And I think you get a, you know, you get a dual threat back with him. As long as you can build up that offense, they're going to be fine.
0: There were rumors about Le'Veon Bell being traded. And I'm like, you know what? The Jets are not going to trade him. This was just not his year. It was a transition year for Le'Veon Bell.
1: Yeah. And it's, I he's going to be perfectly fine. The Jets are going to be fine if they could just figure out the couple of things that they need to get together.
0: Yes, but they're not they're realistically they're not firing Adam Gase. Oh.
1: No, no they're not.
0: But there was just there were just there was just that was just all talk. Yes. Because of how bad the Jets season is. But they but they're finishing the season off on a really good note though.
1: Yeah, they are. They've actually been playing decent uh decent football over the last few weeks.
0: But I just don't think they're gonna be a good team next year, though. I think
1: they'll be better, hopefully if they can stay healthy.
0: But I just don't think they'll be they'll I just don't think that they will be like they're not gonna keep up with New England or Buffalo.
1: No, probably not.
0: Just asking you here, so, so, so I, I had a short list of who I think is going to be fired after week 17, but I know for sure will be Marone and Dan Quinn and uh, and Freddie Kitchens and Pat Shermer. Yeah, those are big. And Derek. Yeah. So there will be at least four openings for that job, and next week we'll talk about when we find out who gets fired. We'll talk about who fill, who replaces them in this in in their head coaching jobs. Alrighty, okay. So let's talk about the NBA, some NBA. So what was your thoughts on David Stern being in critical condition with the brain thing? Ooh. I think that was awesome.
1: Yeah, really a shame. Really, really a shame. I, and I, I, I hope he makes a speedy recovery.
0: That good of a commissioner, in my opinion.
1: Uh, he was okay.
0: But speaking of commissioners, I have to get this out there. I have to say Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner that I've ever seen in Major League Baseball. Hmm. Yeah, all right. If you heard the reports, he said he would threaten to walk away from minor league baseball, and I'm like, stop.
1: Yeah, I think it's a stupid. I, I think it's a stupid idea.
0: What do you think of him saying that? Do you think that doesn't make him look good? I think, for, uh, for Manfred. I think
1: it's a dumb idea. I, I really do. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
0: I just don't think Manfred is. I just don't think Manfred is ceiling.
1: I I think that he's trying too hard to make the game more appealing to people.
0: Is that what you think of Manfred? Do you think he's just trying to he's just pushing himself to make baseball a globalized sport?
1: Well, I I think it's already a globalized sport, but I think every, you know everybody's getting too caught up in you know the knocks on the pace of play. You know what I think the problem is? I I don't think the pace of play is bad. I think people just don't properly appreciate the game.
0: Yeah, I we you and I appreciate the game of baseball, but I feel like that there are things I feel like that could be better. Like I know revenue has gotten really better, really good throughout the years, but I think that I think they gotta, I think they gotta, they gotta have a salary cap thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Do it, yeah, possibly.
0: David Stern, man, talk about him being a being in critical condition. I hope that he recovers fast. Yeah,
1: definitely. Really sad news to hear. Definitely wishing a speedy recovery.
0: But I do like Adam Silver though. He's a well-liked commissioner in the NBA.
1: Yeah, he's, he's a player's commissioner, but I think he really has to do something about this load management crap. Like, I just can't stand it.
0: I also don't think that the NBA should do an in-season tournament.
1: No, which I know. i
0: heard about that. I'm like, that's not really how the NBA is run. No, I I'm open to reducing the NBA to 78 games, which I'm open to, but I want to keep it at 82.
1: I'm more open to reducing the, I'm more open to reducing games to 65 than throwing in a regular season tournament. I think that's the most ridiculous idea in the world, especially because of these guys, you know, especially because of, the, the rise in injuries over the last few years That's just going to make things worse
0: Yeah I think, I think the NBA should really move on From that I think Chris Paul Could really have an advocate Could really say something about this Yeah I think he should So talk about the Christmas games last week So the Lakers losing to the Clippers I felt like that Here's my thoughts on this I felt like that that was a horrible Call on the ref the ball should have been out on Patrick Beverly.
1: I completely disagree with you. I think the ball was out on LeBron James. I think it was the correct call.
0: And speaking of which, he's kind of battling a groin injury. And you you think, he's going, you think he needs to miss time. And it's not going to be the end of the world for the Lakers, right, if he has to miss time. No, he
1: needs to sit. He absolutely needs to sit. I'm not doing anything, if I'm LeBron James, to jeopardize any sort of playoff run that they can make. And plus the team's in good hands with Anthony Davis and they have a bunch of veterans who, you know, can hold their own. There's not going to be any dramatic drop off without LeBron James, but you certainly are going to miss him, obviously.
0: Yeah, you are definitely going to miss a player in in that caliber of LeBron James. But if you want to rest him now, I'd say do it now so that he's not rusty come Playoff
1: time. Yeah, absolutely. I have no problem with him resting a significant period of time right now.
0: I'm just, I'm, I just, I'm a little bit concerned about if it was like last year that when it was LeBron's first year with the Lakers, he got hurt and the Lakers fell off a cliff.
1: Yeah, but that you have to think that last year was an, you know, such a young team. This year, you have AD as a star. You have such, you know, you have a ton of good veteran players that there's not going to be that drop off that there was last year.
0: I th- I thought it would be, but you, but, but you're telling me that it's not going to be that significant of a drop. off. No, it's not. Despite if LeBron has to miss time. No, it's. A... I don't think so. I, I mean, look, Rondo could start. I think he could definitely do a great job. I think Caruso should definitely be in that starting lineup until LeBron gets back.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's players up and down the roster who are more than capable of filling in and, and, you know, doing a a great job in doing so and being a supporting uh, cast for AD.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh I, let's also t- in the game last night, I felt like that the Lakers should have won this game. Oh my gosh, we should have not blown that fifteen point lead.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah no, it's it was a bad loss. You know, I I think that there were multiple opportunities for them to really close the game out. I think they allowed, they, they allowed, allowed them to stay in the game plain and simple. And, you know, it's a top loss, but the other thing you have to understand is that it's not the end of everything. You know, the important thing is when you get to playoff time. That's the important thing.
0: Yeah. The important thing is playoff time. That's for sure. And let's also talk about, let's, My picks yesterday, I was like – I think I was like one in in four with my picks because I picked pretty much Toronto, Milwaukee, Houston, Lakers, and Nuggets to win. But starting off with the Celtics and Raptors game, I thought Toronto was going to win this game. But really, Boston played a great game yesterday.
1: Boston did play a great game yesterday. And, you know, Boston has really looked like just a completely different team to me. Now that they have uh, Kemba Walker as opposed to Kyrie Irving, it just looks more together. It looks more fluid, and you can kind of see that these, you know, these guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, while they've had their rough patches throughout this season, are starting to get kind of more comfortable, you know, just bringing a court presence every single game.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I think, and, and I also think Toronto's still a great team, but. They're without Siakam for at least a couple weeks or something like that. He's out indefinitely. I think that's a big blow to the Raptors. That's a
1: huge blow to them. I mean, he's arguably their number one option on offense and a budding star in this league that is really going to be missed by this team.
0: But you also have Fred Van Fleet, who I think Fred Van Fleet is another option if Siakam's hurt, because he could score.
1: Yeah, I mean they're still a very good all-around veteran team, and they can still—they're still very, very capable of being competitive and winning a lot of games. From
0: what, but I think Toronto—I think Toronto will be in good hands until. I think it's good that Siakam and Gasol are hurt now. I feel like that they'll be back in time for the playoffs.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Which I think the Raptors are going to be finishing in the top four in the what in the East. Yeah, I think so. So let's also talk about yesterday, the Milwaukee, the uh, the Bucks taking on the Sixers. I was really wanting Milwaukee to win this game, but Philadelphia played a great game too.
1: They did. I mean, I'm really shocked at how well they played Giannis defensively. I mean, Joel Embiid and, and Al Horford both collectively did such a great job at containing him, really making him have to work around the rim, tough shots, constant contesting of those shots in his face. Um, just making him uncomfortable. And that's really kind of what you have to do with Giannis. They kind of had the blueprint. You saw Kawhi do it during the playoffs. You have to marginalize Giannis and make him uncomfortable around the basket. And that's what they did. And Joel Embiid also himself played an unbelievable game on the offensive end as well.
0: I got to say that I think that I think Embiid and Simmons both had really, really good games. But – Overall, I think Milwaukee's the better team.
1: I think so too. Um, I, I think that, you know, Philadelphia certainly to me with their talent has more potential, um, but if I'm looking at just a more consistent cohesive team, I am picking Milwaukee.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, with that being said, I so 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 on my Christmas Day picks, I was 0 for 5. I was 0 and 5 with my Christmas Day game picks. I had Milwaukee winning that game yesterday, but Philadelphia came away with the win. Talk about the Warriors and Rockets—that was shocking to me.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the hell that was. Um, by
0: I don't. Oh know. my god! The Rockets lose to a curry list and Clay Thompson-less Warriors team, and I was like, "Why? Why in the world would you do that?"
1: I just—that's it...
0: not, that's not how you play basketball.
1: No, it's embarrassing, and the, Rock, the Rockets kind of proved that they're just kind of sloppy. They look sloppy offensively. They turn the ball over. They're so James Harden dependent, you know, that they, they really try to just, they're super one dimensional. They just try to space the floor and shoot threes and they don't really play a whole ton of defense. That's proven. If you're allowing, you know, a, Cur- a Steph Curry and Clay Thompsonless mm-hmm. warriors team to, you know, really get into an offensive rhythm like that.
0: Yeah, that I thought the Rockets would come away with that, but I felt I was really disappointed in that performance mm. by Houston. I really like this team with Harden and Westbrook. But I feel like D'Antoni is ruining their primes.
1: I, I mean, D'Antoni's teams are, you know, we know what they are at this point, which is they're a fun offensive juggernaut that can get it done in the regular season, but they stall out by the time the postseason comes around. And it kind of almost seems like with this roster right now, there are almost more flaws you know, with this system than there were in previous years.
0: Yeah, you're right about that. That's for sure. So, I think that I think I think that uh, by looking at it, that I think that that the Rockets. I think the Anthony can lead the Rockets to a championship team. Is it? Is it? But. Could it, but, does he want, but do you think
1: he can? I don't think he can, and I think he's proven it time and time again. They're a one-dimensional offense, and they don't really play much defense. They, they don't take any pride in defense, and that's really hurt them, obviously, in the playoffs. And, you know, with the way that they play, with you have guys like James Harden and Russell Westbrook who have such high usage rates that, you know, by the time they get to the second, third round of the playoffs, they're just completely worn down, and, and it's backfired every single year.
0: Yeah, but I got to say that DeAntoni's offense is all about running and shooting, but that does not work in the NBA.
1: It's it clearly has not worked for them considering they haven't been able to do anything significant especially when they get to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right about that, but I was really disappointed in Houston yesterday. Oh, me too. Talk about the Lakers game. I was like, I was wanting the Lakers to show LA that they're the better team, but I was it was just a tough loss for the Lakers. I like their efforts, but I just felt like that it was just a tough loss.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a tough loss. You move on. I mean, that's a really, really good Clippers team. And, you know, you got to give credit. Kawhi Leonard played excellent. You know, really kind of picked up the slack. Paul George did not have a great game, especially in the first half of that game. Shot terribly from the field. But Kawhi Leonard looked really, really good. And the Clippers are a legit team, man. They are, they are legit.
0: They are very legit, but I just feel like that the Lakers overall have the better roster.
1: I think so. I think the Lakers do have the better roster.
0: Was that? I think
1: the Lakers – yeah, no, I agree with you is what I was saying.
0: Uh, So, with that being said, now let's talk about – Let's also talk about the Pelicans taking on the Nuggets. I was 0-5 with my Christmas Day game picks, but really didn't expect this to happen. The Pelicans coming into Denver and winning.
1: No, I didn't expect it either. And you kind of got a glimpse of what this Pelicans team can be. They're very dynamic. Brandon Ingram has turned into a star with the New Orleans Pelicans. He has become – he's blossoming into the top-flight scorer that we saw – the potential for in Los Angeles, but now he's just doing it on a much more consistent basis with the Pelicans.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, I felt like, I I feel like when the Pelicans get Zion Williamson back, oh my gosh, that's going to be a different team right there. Yeah,
1: they're going to be incredibly dynamic and they're going to have Zion being able to run up and down the floor, high-flying, dunking all over the place. They're just going to add another athletic dimension that's just going to make them more fun
0: absolutely and for today's games since there's no lakers today so the pistons beat the wizards 132 to 102 i think you know the pistons are a very solid back-end team in the east like i just said many times
1: yeah i mean they're like a they're going to be like a six to eight seed in the east um you know blake griffin is obviously a very solid player andre Drummond the same um A good team, but a team that isn't necessarily going to scare you by any means when you get to the playoffs.
0: Yes, and talk about the shocker of the day. The New York Knicks beat the Brooklyn Nets. I think the Nets got to be ashamed of themselves for this. Oh,
1: they absolutely do. This is is just absolutely embarrassing. I mean, I'll say one thing, a lot of credit to Julius Randle. 33 points, eight rebounds. Excellent performance by him, but I mean, it's just it, – it's bad, you know. They had such an unbelievably awful performance by their starting lineup. Outside of Spencer Dinwiddie, nobody scored in double digits. Um, outside of Spencer Dinwiddie and uh Timothy Loamu-Cabreau, nobody scored in double digits for this next team. I mean, it's absolutely embarrassing to see that you lose to this Knicks team that is just a terrible team. And, I mean, it kind of just goes to show you that you look at this roster – Uh, for the Brooklyn Nets, and they are just going to be so – it seems like going forward they're going to be so dependent on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving.
0: You are right. I think they can't depend on those guys. I think when KD comes back, the Nets are going to be a scary team.
1: Yeah, they're going to be very good, but, I mean, for now, they have to to make do with what they have, and certainly it just doesn't seem like they're going to be super tough at this point, or if they, they're just going to be wildly inconsistent.
0: Another shocker to talk about is the Memphis Grizzlies came into OKC to beat the Thunder 110 to 97. But OKC is a great team at home. I'll tell you that.
1: Yeah, OKC is is surprising to me this year. They're not as bad as I thought they would be. I mean, they have some legitimate players on that team. Um, and, you know, I, I, the Grizzlies are going in the right direction with their team as well. I'm I, I'm a big fan of Jaron Jackson, huge fan of John Morant. Um you you know, those are your two players that you build around. And then for the the Thunder, you love the emergence of Shay Gilgis Alexander and Chris Paul, twenty three points eleven rebounds, still proving that he can play high quality minutes at the NBA.
0: And I think Chris Paul could, could take OKC to the playoffs. I think he'll be the reason why OKC is still in it.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: And fans are probably going to be going to be saying, we want Westbrook, but I think Chris Paul is better.
1: I think Chris Paul is better.
0: than In OKC than Westbrook was.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: But I thought OKC was going to be so bad, but they don't look that
1: bad. No, they really don't. They actually are a very competitive team.
0: And then let's talk about the TNT games. First off, the Dallas Mavericks hosting the San Antonio Spurs. Man, the Spurs were right in the thick of things. But I think overall, the Dallas Mavericks are the better team.
1: The Dallas Mavericks are the better team. And you have arguably the NBA's MVP right now going there, and Luka Doncic, who just – Who was
0: back after missing four games with an ankle injury. And
1: did not miss a beat. Twenty-four points, ten rebounds, eight assists—an unbelievable showing coming right off of right off of being injured—and I I gotta put him at the top of my list for the NBA's MVP award right now.
0: Me too. He's really had a great sophomore season. Too good to slump in his sophomore year in the NBA, and with Dirk Nowitzki retiring, the torch has been passed. It has
1: officially been passed
0: to Doncic and Porzingis. Yeah,
1: and he is going to. You you can book Luka Doncic for twenty five to twenty eight points a game for the rest of his career.
0: Yes, but also speaking of the Spurs, look, they're they are still in the thick of things. Even though they're twelve and eighteen, I still think the Spurs are going to be in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, you certainly can't count out Greg Popovich, and they obviously have some good veteran talent with Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan and Rudy Gay. But you know, to me, even if, this team is not. A really scary team to me they're not much of a threat to me even if they do get near the playoffs i i don't really trust this roster
0: you don't really trust the roster right now i like the murray though but i don't think they need more than that
1: they do need more than that they definitely do
0: and then the Suns, after then also talk about a big fall down after a, a very good start to the season phoenix has really fallen off a cliff
1: yeah, I mean, they, you know, you get off but to a hot start. I
0: think at the right time, though, when 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 March comes around.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the, Phoenix has a couple of nice young players, but, you know, they're young. They're a young team. They're still trying to figure out what they are. They're still building. Um, you know, they are, they are what they are at this point. A nice young team with some good pieces that still kind of – they were trending in the right direction. You saw early on in the season – flashes of what they had the potential to become, but they're still getting there.
0: That's, but, but this collapse shouldn't concern fans. So. I don't
1: think so. They're still, they're still building toward what their ultimate potential is.
0: I don't think this is all on Monty Williams. I think Monty Williams is, he came in and turned this Phoenix Suns team around.
1: Yeah. I think Monty Williams is doing a, de- a pretty decent job with this team.
0: Yeah, he is. And then let's talk about the Kings Playing the T Wolves and the T Wolves came away with the win. I think those is a this is a matchup of good young teams that have bright futures. But overall, I think Minnesota has the better better roster with way way too many good young guys.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, but I certainly can't count out how much I do really like the Kings roster, though. I love De'Aaron Fox buddy healed i like marvin bagley i think that they have a very good exciting young roster De'Aaron fox is certainly one of the more uh dynamic young players in the league and minnesota 11 and 19 hopefully they can kind of get something going here build up to their potential because we've been kind of waiting for them to hit their ceiling for a long time now
0: yes i think i think so too i think uh I think that I think the Timberwolves they are good they're an exciting young team but you think Sac, but you think Sacramento has the better young roster but I think Luke Walton is a better fit in Sacramento than he was with the Lakers.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree.
0: Because I feel like Luke Walton can do his own thing up in Sacramento and not coach a LeBron and Anthony G- lebron james and anthony davis type team
1: yeah and he can actually coach whereas with you know lebron james you're kind of having to run everything through him now he kind of can take the reins and you know really command the locker room the way that he wants
0: that's why i think sacramento's been a good fit for him yeah and i think the lakers are very happy to have frank vogel
1: i think they are
0: and frank vogel is a heck of a coach
1: yeah, I'm. I, I'm. I got to commend him. I got to give him a lot of credit. He's done a great job.
0: He has. I think. I think he has, and I think this was the right choice to have Frank Vogel as the Laker coach right now because
1: yeah. of
0: this roster.
1: Yeah, I think it was.
0: So with that being said, now let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Utah Jazz defeating the Portland Trail Blazers, one twenty-one to one fifteen. I think Utah is a great team, but I think Portland is definitely needing Joseph Nurkic back.
1: Oh, they definitely are. They definitely are missing his presence. This Portland is underachieving right now. I mean, it's kind of a shame. They still have a very good roster, um, but you know, I I mean, they're de- like you said, they're definitely missing Yusuf Nurkic. That's their big presence, kind of their you know their, their heart and soul, kind of in the backcourt for them and you know, that they really need him right now because it's going to take a ton of pressure off of Lillard and, and McCollum, especially defensively, because we know that those two dudes really are not very elite defenders. So having a guy like Nurkic underneath takes pressure off of them to not have to be so, you know, not have to play the brand of defense that they're not really capable of playing.
0: Yeah, you're, yeah, I think so. But Utah, I tell you, this is a fun team to watch. I enjoy watching this Utah Jazz team. They're fun. They're energetic. They love to play basketball, and they play hard.
1: Yeah, I mean, Utah's not necessarily the most athletic team in the world outside of Donovan Mitchell, but they can shoot the lights out from the outside, especially with guys like Joe Ingles, uh, who was excellent tonight, shot 60% from three. Um, they're, They're just a very good fundamental basketball team. They play good defense. They're well coached. They don't really turn the ball over all that much. And, you know, the, Quinn Snyder has certainly done an unbelievable job with this team.
0: Yes, him and, and and also a well-deserved extension for Michael Malone.
1: Yes, definitely very well-deserved.
0: And I think Michael Malone is a great coach and and the right coach for Denver. But yes. Denver Nuggets are known for defense, but I think This Denver Nuggets team is built around Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely.
0: And also some breaking news here. Marvin Badgley and De'Aaron Fox suffered injuries, back spasms, and a left foot. So hopefully it's not that serious. But I feel like that you cannot have an injured De'Aaron Fox and a Marvin Badgley on the Sacramento Kings team.
1: No, you cannot. Along with Buddy Heald, those are your two centerpieces. Those are really, really big losses, hopefully not significant time.
0: It's hopefully not significant time for these guys. So also let's talk about the Lakers and Blazers and Lakers and Mavericks previews for the Lakers. So Saturday they take on Portland. Do you think the Lakers find do you think the Lakers can bounce back and get this losing streak snapped?
1: Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. Especially with Portland coming off of what a really, really tough loss to Utah um i i think that you know and and also the lakers coming off of this loss to the clippers i think they're going to be motivated to get back on the right track
0: yes they are and then sunday's a test for the lakers another test they lost to dallas back in early december but can they come back with vengeance
1: i think they can i think it's going to be a really really high scoring game you're certainly going to have to key in on luca and you know you, you're not going to be able to stop Luka Doncic, but you can try to contain him. That's certainly going to be the key. And, you know, also Kristaps Porzingis has had a recent string of double-doubles. They're going to need to contain those guys. And if they do their best to do, you know, their best of their ability, I, I think they have an opportunity to win that game.
0: Yes, absolutely. And uh, let's also talk about here uh, game some games to be excited about in the month of January for the Lakers. On what I have circled here, is I have the Lakers playing the uh, Boston Celtics on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. That's going to be a fun, fun game to watch. And East Coast versus West Coast rivalry is fun. It's kind of like Dodgers and Yankees.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting rivalry that you have going on. I think it's going to be a really, really fun game.
0: It's going to be a great game. But looking at the Lakers' schedule in January, I think it's going to be a little bit easier than December.
1: Yeah, I think it definitely will be, and you know, hopefully, also the good thing that you're going to be able to hopefully get is uh, a healthy LeBron James at some point at the end of January.
0: I don't know when he's. I don't. I'm not sure if he's. In, I'm not sure how long he's going to miss. It might be a day to day thing.
1: Yeah, possibly. We'll we'll see. But you know, I if I'm I'm having him take humanly possible.
0: I would at the same time. I would want him to rest. I would want him to play later. You know.
1: Yeah, it's important. It's important for the playoffs.
0: Yes, and then I also can't wait to see the Lakers take on the Rockets down in Houston on a Saturday night. That's going to be a great basketball game, and I think that the Lakers can beat the Rockets by a point, but defensively the Lakers are the better team defensively than Houston is.
1: The Lakers are absolutely far and away the better team defensively, and I think that's really what's going to ultimately win this ballgame for them.
0: Yes, they will, but I think their schedule will be a little bit easier than Janu- than the month of December. Yeah, they've had an okay December though.
1: Yeah, they have, they have. But you know, obviously January is going to get easier, and you know that that's going to provide them with some positive momentum and hopefully a really good winning streak.
0: Yes, but tough games in that in the January schedule for the Lakers. They got to go to Philly at the end of January. They got to go to they got to go to Boston in houston they got to play dallas again for the fourth and final time this season that's not going to be an easy task and and i know that they can really have a winning month of january
1: yeah this is a very they're certainly a great basketball team i think they're very capable
0: absolutely but a baseball question i forgot to ask you is do you think the Giants should settle with Mauricio Dubon as their everyday center fielder?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: I ask that because I think the Giants are going to start Zach Cozart at second.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Him and Brandon Crawford up the middle,
0: and then you, and then Dubon has tremendous speed. Yes, he does. I think that's why I think that's why I think Mauricio Dubon's going to start in center field over Stephen Duggar.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: And then in left field, I don't think I, I predicted that Marcelo Zuna will be a member of the tribe. I think in left field would be Austin Slater.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Inst- instead of Alex Dickerson.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: What about Do You think Yashrimsky is going to have a, a a really good 2019 camp, 2020 campaign?
1: Yeah, I think he's going to be a solid player for them. I think he's a really, really good bat.
0: Do you think Dubon hits eighth in the lineup for the Giants? Because he could really transition the lineup over.
1: I think he could potentially be a leadoff guy with that speed.
0: He has tremendous speed. But I want him hitting eighth just because – so that on a sack bunt he can advance.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: And turn, and turn the lineup over. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I have, as of right now I have Mike Jashremsky leading off.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I like that.
0: Because I think he could really – he's really a guy that could really uh, – change the game with his bat and i think that uh but i think the giants are not going to be that good this year
1: no i agree with that
0: and i I, but i think the better team in the bay area in baseball is definitely the oakland athletics
1: yes a 100 percent.
0: but they're not going to win the division obviously not because i think the al west will belong again to the houston astros yeah that's and that's the reason why I say that. But but do you think the Red Sox do you think the Red Sox continue to reduct payroll?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I would think so, probably.
0: I was just asking, just want to get your take on that. But do you think when it comes to the basketball hall of fame in twenty twenty, do you think Kobe Bryant gets in with Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan?
1: Yeah, first ballot, no question. It wouldn't make sense for them to not get it.
0: Well, they're already candidates for it, but the finalists, the, not the, the inductees would be announced at, at, during the Final Four.
1: Yeah, but those are three of the greatest players of all time. If they don't get in on the first ballot, that would be absurd.
0: That would be, but I think Kobe gets in, and I think, I think if you could agree with me on this, I think his statue will be outside of the Staples Center in the near future.
1: Yeah, I do agree with that.
0: Because he already has his number retired. And I think his statue will be out there at the Star Plaza.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: And then another baseball question I have for you is, do you see a breakout season in Michael Chavis?
1: I think that that's definitely possible. I think that he's a very, very good bat for them. And I think that, you know, he's going to slide nicely for them in the middle.
0: I think so too. And I think the Red Sox, I think they trade David Price. And I think, if that happens, I think they're going to extend Mookie Betts without a problem.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll definitely see.
0: But I don't think Mookie Betts is leaving the Red Sox. I don't, I don't think, see that.
1: I don't think they should. I, I don't think they should let him go because
0: Mookie is so important to this team.
1: Oh yeah, he is incredible. He's one of the best players in baseball, and you can't let a guy like that walk.
0: But what I'm hoping for is can Dustin Pedroia have a comeback season?
1: Yeah, I can. really like.
0: I really like Pedroia. Yeah, me too. But do you think that this could be his final chance at the at at this?
1: Well, yeah, especially because he's now been riddled with injuries the last few years.
0: Yeah, I and mean, then, Mike, other than Scott Service, who do you think is on the hot seat other than Scott Service for the managers?
1: A manager of, other than Scott Service for the hot seat? Who one. do you think that would be? Um, I would probably have to say Bud Black.
0: You think it's Bud Black with the Rockies?
1: I think Why? it's Bud Black with the Rockies. I mean, I take a look at how that has performed with him there. And they've been atrocious, especially this past coming year. That bullpen has been bad. And, you know, they they seem to kind of be part of the scenes a little bit.
0: Do you think the Rockies, if if it doesn't go well this year... You think the Rockies could have could have a change of scenery with their with their next manager? I definitely think so. Do you think they would benefit from firing Bud Black?
1: Probably, yeah.
0: Bud Black was supposed to be a guy that was going to help the pitching staff since he's a pit, he used, he's a pit, he used to be a pitching coach and he's a very and he knows how to help pitchers. But the Rockies are not really playing up to expectations.
1: No, their pitching has been
0: terrible yeah the pitching's been bad. that's why I think maybe maybe i don't think it'll be during the season but maybe after the season
1: yeah that makes sense.
0: and then you get a manager that could really but but i think catchers catchers make the the best managers yes,
1: they generally do
0: i think the best manager in the n l s is Dave Roberts and Tori Lovello
1: yeah, no, i agree.
0: I think Torre Lavello is a great manager. What do you think? Say again. What do you think? I was saying that Torre Lavello is a a good, is another good manager in the division.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: I feel. I think. I think he does a great job with analytic. He's not an analytical manager, but he's really good with players and communicating.
1: Yeah, he's he's an excellent manager.
0: I just want to get your take on that. But with that being said, uh, I'll talk to you next week. And you have a good day. All right, man.
1: I'll talk to you soon.